Line of Offense with your hosts, Michelle Anderson and John Parmar. Welcome to TLO, show number 42. Number 42, people. I have nothing to say about that age. It's just at this point, every age we further is just death so i really have nothing else to say so you say that and there's like birds chirping in the background you know i know <laughs> what are you in the gardens of gaia like it's actually you... it's carrion's feeding on a dead corpse oh, that's, so that's cute. what it is that's a cute yeah. sound for yeah. carrion ears i know uh, uh this the uh, ottawa carrions are kind of like that. <laughs> yeah. all right so this week we're going to talk about um, just bad GMs or not bad GMs based off of them trading well, Let's not try to already uh, lead the people into a certain frame of mind. Oh, they're talking about bad GMs. No, we're going to be talking about GMs and a certain type of move uh, they okay. make and okay. how they yeah. handle, um, I don't want to say personality, but I, because then that kind of gives it away, but I guess how they handle their staff. Let's put it that way. Okay. Okay. How do so, they manage? How do they manage with... Egos, really, because that's what they're dealing with. They're dealing with millionaires. With egos, yeah. But also, I think in a lot of cases, like every NHL player's personnel is different. I mean, some of them yeah, are going to be more subdued, and some are going to be more you know, authoritative. Abrasive, yeah. Abrasive is a good one. And some will be more kind, and some will be not so kind. Uh, kind of like his podcast, I'm the nice guy, and Mitch is... That's right. Some, something else. Um, I am the not nice guy. <laughs> which really makes me seem as the nice guy, because I'm insulting him first. But, hey. you know... The whole point of, uh, you know, aside from the sheer talent these guys bring, they are still people. And they still got to work together for the better part of a year. And oftentimes, yeah. you know, especially when they're or on the more. road, or more, and when, especially when they're on the road, they're probably together for a long time. Yeah, um, well, so they go to, these... like, week-long road trips. Kind yeah, of exactly. And you know what? They're, now, they're not all sharing hotel rooms because that'd be a little awkward. But, you know, there's some guys who do put together as roommates and they have to share hotel rooms and if they don't like each other that's probably not a good thing and if you're playing with someone you just don't like and you're stuck within the locker room and at practice and on the air in the airplane or on buses you know yeah it's not going to make for a good team atmosphere and uh i think we can mitch both of us can agree that might that probably will affect the team i think can we at least agree on that i, I think so yes if yeah. people don't get along for sure but at this point, talks about we're, we're just talking about the players yeah, Which but everyone really talks mean? about chemistry. Like, it, it yeah. t- talent aside, if you guys don't get along, the odds are your team is not going to be as successful as it could be if people don't like each other. Sure, the odds, but yeah, you know, I'm not saying it's a necessary fact. But of course, if people aren't Han happy Solo with, famously said, "Don't tell me the odds." Yeah, but Han Solo died, didn't he? So, well, what does he know? Yeah, it was a loving death, though. I mean, actually, I think it was more because Harrison Ford hated being a Star Wars guy. So really, <laughs> it's more I hate death. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, I want to just. The point I'm trying to make is if someone's not happy in the, in, with their current situation, you know, uh, given the staff that they're surrounded around, they may not work as hard or, or play as good. I think I, can, I certainly see it that way. I don't know if you do, Mitch. Not that I care. Uh, but. Okay, so yeah, th- th- this is where we're getting into, into the, the nitty-gritties of our argument. So our argument is that what do you do with, with when you have a person or a team or a player with a personality that you, as a GM, find doesn't fit within your organization? Yeah. Is it your job to then make it work, or is it your job to make it work by getting them out of there? And for so what you're you're trying to frame here, and you know you didn't like me framing it at the beginning, so I'm not a big fan of you framing it this way because you're glorifying <laughs> your side of the argument. Yeah, which is fine. That's what we're here to do. Um, if there's a problem, if there's a, uh, let's say toxic element within your franchise, within your team, it's your job as a general manager. To suss that out and figure out how to how to best manage it. 
It's in your title. That's half of your title. It's yeah, no, so either way, you're going to have to deal with it. It's just a question yeah. of do you deal with it by fixing them or do you deal with it by just getting rid of it? I think that's, that's where right. arguments differ. Yeah, and so I don't think there's a, there's a what do you want, to, like a carte blanche or not even a carte blanche. It's like a wholesale argument for each one of us. You can't just say like you, you have to trade him no. or you can't trade him either, like forever. Let's, so let's, certain- let's put it this way, man. So let's say you, you don't think you can fix him or you've tried and doesn't work. Okay, right. so the, the person is what he is. He's not going to change, whatever. You know, he's got either a big personality, doesn't fit with your subdued team, kind of like a P.K. Subban. I don't think you're going to change who P.K. Subban is. I don't even know if you'd want to. I think you might change I don't think you want to, no. So, in, in that case, do you get rid of him? And I don't think so. You don't think so? No, obviously, that's what I wrote. So well, yeah. <laughs> um, but so, the reason I say you don't is because you're dealing with an asset here that is bringing more to your club than it is taking away. Right, like you can't pin the woes of the Montreal Canadiens last year on PK Subban's attitude. You don't know what goes on in the locker room, though. It's entirely no, possible he just doesn't enough. fit. Sure, but then he wouldn't have fit the years prior to that. Because if anything, PK Subban's attitude, and I'm using air quotes here, has been diluted over the years, at least a little bit. He's become more brand oriented, but he's become less vocal when it comes to the on ice affairs. Like, there's no longer that Mike Richards incident from when he broke out into the league in the playoffs against the Philadelphia Flyers where he told him to shut his mouth and he needed to learn his role, right? That's no longer happening. So P.K. Subban, as a personality on ice, is being more subdued. He's become more brand-oriented, but that should should have no bearing on his on-ice performance. So what he's been doing the years before that, there's no bearing, there's no proof that he's been bringing the Canadians down. If anything, he's been bringing them up. And then there's also, you don't know how he's affecting the other players, though. You know, maybe other players just don't like him. And again, sure. what I'm trying to say is, you know, a GM at some point has to make the decision that a guy just doesn't fit with the team. Now, whether that be because the teammates don't like him or, or the player just doesn't fit the persona of what the team is. So sort of what, you know, I think Shirelli and everyone lambasts him for this. And, and I'll admit it was probably a bad trade. I think it definitely was a bad trade. But he did what he had to do to make sure the locker room didn't become tainted. And he... he Thought that trading Sagan was the best thing to do because Sagan didn't fit with the team, and then we don't know what the what the people do. But look, the GM is basically taking on the role of HR in the, in the hockey team. I think that that is yeah, how, that's how I view the, the GM. Because guess what? If players don't like their situation, look, look, if I if I'm at work and there's some dude who I really don't like working next because he washes his feet in vinegar, which is a true story of the government, by the way. <laughs> that's in case so anyone, true and gross. it's very true because he doesn't because oh. he washes his goddamn feet with vinegar. I, I mean, wow. and you complain. I know. You can go to I'll HR. You. It's pretty. It's it's pretty easy, right? Because you can go to HR. I think on a hockey team, it's a bit different because you can't just fire a guy, or you can't just tell him. You can probably tell him to stop, but if he doesn't want to stop, are you going to you're going to fire him? It's kind of tough, difficult. So, what, the alternative for a gym to fire in someone is trading them, and I think that's part of a GM's duty is to make sure the team you know meshes together. And if it doesn't, if someone doesn't mesh, you trade them, and that's right. where my argument lies. Now, so whether think- whether they're good trade or bad trades, that's not even the argument here because you can easily have good trades well, based is. on the same. No, it's not. Well, the argument for me, anyway, is that because you, you, the GM, has enacted this this trade to get rid of a personality, you've made you've now put your your franchise in a hole. It was to the detriment of your team. Thus, you didn't do your job. Your job is winning, and you did the very thing that's not going to guarantee you win. You're not going to win if you have a cancerous locker room, though. Well, that's the thing. Who, who says you need to get rid of this quote unquote cancerous element in PK Super? What if we'll the, say, what if or the team does? What if they just don't? What if the team just doesn't like them? Well then, how? Well, what what stops you from getting rid of the the other guy? Like, okay, well, you don't like him, David Dayard. There, well, guess what? I can get someone else who's probably better than you are. 
Tell me, wait, wait, you're telling me that if people come and complain to the GM saying that this guy or this guy just doesn't fit or we don't like him, you're going to trade the people complaining? Why That's not? That's what you're going to do? Why not? God damn, Mitch. And I thought you were a socialist. You're brutal, dude. Well, listen. It's about efficiency at this point, right? It's about yeah, allocating your human guy, resources properly. If it's one guy affecting the team of many, then you get rid of the one because it's harder to trade many than it is one. Yeah, uh, that's the thing. You're just saying it's easier, so I have to do what's easier. That's uh, but it's also what's right. I mean, if one dude's just being a total jackass in the long, and again, I'm not saying PK Subban was a jackass. I'm just okay. saying I think everyone knows Bergevin, and I'm assuming Terry, and I'm assuming some of the players just didn't like his antics or didn't think his personality feared the locker room. I think can we at least sure. establish that? But I don't. I'm not saying he's jackass. Possible. And it's guess what? Possible. He's in fact to me, uh, an outwardly looking fan. He seems like a a nice guy who donates a lot of money to a good cause. Yeah, yeah, but whatever. looking outside of that, right? Like, that that's just PR optics. I know, but I'm just saying that I think that, you know, they traded him mainly because he didn't fit with the team. I think that's that's definitely there. Sure. And they got a guy who probably fit, will fit better because Weber's far more subdued. You know, he's far more no-nonsense business kind of guy. Absolutely. Sure. And but, he fits the team better in personality-wise, in my opinion. Right. But that's the thing. The, the personality fit only gets you so far. It's a result-oriented business. And you got rid of the one player who's getting your results consistently year well, after year. Well, guess what, Mitch? In yeah. business, productivity is everything. And what affects productivity most is employee, in employee happiness. There's okay. several studies sure. that say happier employees, and I think even just looking arbitrarily, we can just, or not even arbitrarily, just you know, looking at it subjectively, we can probably yeah. say a happier employee is going to work harder. If you're happy where you are, you're going to work harder. Absolutely. Working but you're harder. Forgetting the, one tra- element. Uh, working harder translates yeah. into. More productivity, and as we all know, business is built on productivity. The more Absolutely. the more efficient an employee is, the more money you're gonna make. Sure. If, it, if some, anything jeopardizes that, then you got to get rid of what's gonna jeopardize that. In this case, it's a single hockey player, whether it's a staff member or a hockey player, it doesn't okay. matter. Something's affecting the productivity. Yeah. So, are, are you done regaling me on the academia of, of productivity? I am. I am. Okay. I don't think so, you understood it, but that's fine. Oh, I completely understand what you're saying, but you're overlooking one simple aspect. You never ever talk about winning. And the idea of winning as a factor in Charlie Sheen happiness with all this winning talk. Hashtag winning, buddy. Hashtag winning. That's how I live my life. All right, thought so. Hashtag YOLO. Hashtag winning. Oh, that's, good lord! If, if, if nothing else, I say derails your argument. You just said hashtag YOLO. That <laughs> well, alone should it, disqualify you from winning this round of if podcast. you if you had like a camera view, you'd see that I was actually doing. The, the double hashtag you're doing oh, yeah with my fingers I'm doing it yeah. right now I'm still doing it I don't know why I don't want to know what you're doing with your fingers to be honest with you Mitch <laughs> there's a lot of hashtagging going on okay <laughs> um, you forgot that productivity in this case is 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 winning and you never mention that you just say that they're going to be more productive okay well that's fine but you can well, be more productive more how like sure okay but you can't make more money more... if you're not winning and you took out the one element that's gear- that's going to make you win more sure enough you have carry price Great, but we've seen last year that the Montreal Canadiens couldn't score, and even look at Boston and Chiarelli. Since Taylor Seguin left, they haven't. They missed the playoffs the last two years, and they got bounced in the first round the year before that. So since they traded Taylor Seguin, they went from a Stanley Cup final appearance to a, a first round exit. To you missing think the it's just because of Taylor Seguin that they're no longer? I don't know. It just certainly didn't help. That's just did coincidence, it? dude. I don't. You well, you're gonna. You can look at the correlation all you want, but look, if you're saying that it's just because yeah. what, your top player or your, mm-hmm. your top seller is being a cancer, so you're not going to get rid of him because he's being a total jerk, I don't see how that works, because then I, the efficiency of the many when you bring him up is going to far away whatever that one person could do. 
I just no. bringing down so many people, and I, that's well, how the I feel. argument with Carey Price last year. This, the, you, you can't say that and then say like, "Oh, Montreal lost last year because of Carey Price," because that's the same argument. The, oh, well, that no, one no, I, player... I'm just saying though. You're saying that you're trading away your best player, but what I'm saying is that you're trading away if you even if you consider it your best player, trading away your best player who might be cancerous and keeping everyone else down will raise the efficiency of everyone else, and you're still getting a good asset in return. I want to make it clear: Weber is not a bad player. I, I know, never said he was a bad player. He's a different but what kind he of brings, player who I think will make Montreal better because not only does his personality fit with them, you know, and I don't have time to, th- to think about this, but his style is something that they were missing. And he fits better with the team. The team is far like more conservative in nature than Subban ever was, and I feel like that's going to create a better bond between them all. But that, that, that's just it, right? Okay, sure, there's a better, there may be a better harmonious bond of loving and sharing and... Oh, we're all one cohesive unit, but that still doesn't mean they're going to win. Yeah, but it doesn't mean they're not going to win either just because they traded Subban. They could could perform better or they could perform worse. But the point of this is, you know, Benjamin did what he had to do to make sure the team was going to operate at its highest productivity level. And you cannot fault him for that, which is what you're doing. I fault him because you forgot one word in your little statement there. Benjamin felt he did what he needed to do. Well, that's what you have to do. HR, HR is all about feelings, dude. And that's sure. what the game has to do. He's it, got it's to all think. about feelings, but you keep bringing it back from feelings, and then you go, okay, well, there's a bottom line efficiency that we need to Because there is a bottom create. line efficiency to it. Right, to make exactly. Sure and that's it. You, you got rid of the one element, the, your one strength. You got rid of that, and you brought in something that doesn't push the figurative needle forward for you at all. Because you felt you like know that was it a doesn't di- push the figurative needle forward. Well, look, you can't, look at this. You're just, all you're talking about is speculation right now. Now, sure, you can go back and say, you know, Subban's a better hockey player. And, you know, I perhaps he is. I'm not going to deny that. I think he's a better offensive defensive, but his defensive capabilities are lacking. Right, but that's just it. Let's just go with that. And those, int- those factors alone, defensive capabilities and offensive capabilities. Montreal had a hard time scoring last year, at, the, at, at least at the tail end of the year. And you take away an offensive defenseman to bring in a defensive defenseman on a, team, on a team that was already strong or will already be strong defensively when you bring in the most valuable player in the league. So you, you've, you've shored up a strength that you already had to dilute a weakness. So you made yourself weaker in an area that you were already weak at. And but now they made themselves stronger in an already strong area, which means they're going to be super hard to score against. And that's the style the team is. Look, look at who's on the team. There's no offensive superstars. Do not tell me Max Pacioretty is an offensive superstar. I'm he's sorry, not. he scored 40 goals last year. He almost scored 50 the year before that. He's not that's an offensive superstar. I do not consider him in the same stratosphere as Ovechkin, Stamkos, or any of the or Tavares, sure. or any of the top scorers. Uh, yeah, sure. I, I won't is put him good? in that category. Definitely. I'm not saying but, he's not good, but he's, if, he's the best they have. And I think next to him, there's no one who's even close. But goals, you, you need goals, goals to win. You need goals to win. That's just like the basic form it's, of the game. No, no I, think, I think Montreal's direction is you need to keep goals out to win. And yeah, I but think if that's you can't put goals in, it doesn't help keeping them All out. All they need is one goal now, Mitch, and I think that, that they're f- way more than capable of doing that. So. And, and, and look, at the end of the day, Benjamin did what he had to do. It just like Shirelli did what he had to do. Just No, no, he did what he had to do because he needs to do no. something to get rid of the cancerous thing. Just like Mike Gillis traded Cody Hodson because he was a negative influence on the team, you know, because, uh, well, guess what? I mean, he kept wanting to play more and people didn't like the, how arrogant he was, so he, he got rid of him. And it's something you have to do to keep your locker room running efficiently. Uh, you can't allow cancer to spread, you know, it, it, within a team environment. I think that's okay. what these gyms do. And, and guess what? In, a GM, he, he doesn't really have many options. 
You know, if a player doesn't want to change ways, you just got to get rid of them. You got to excise the cancer before it spreads. Am I right? That's what. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But you, you were dealing with with two different situations here when you bring up Cody Hodgson and PK Subban or Taylor Sege. I don't these are so. ex, these are X factor players. You can't tell me that Cody Hodgson is on the same level as the two previous. It doesn't players. matter about the level though, because people, everyone it thought Cody Hodgson. No, no, everyone thought Cody Hodgson was going to be a great player, and Tyler Sagan had did not show he wasn't the great player that he was that he is in Dallas right now. He was a good player, but he wasn't the great one he is now in Dallas. He had he been in the league better like in three Dallas. years. I know, but I'm saying, so had Cody Hodgson. So had Cody Hodgson. He wasn't there for a long time. He was close to scoring 20 goals. People thought that he was going to be the next number two center eventually to replace Henrik Seed, but he wanted it now. Okay. And just like Tyler Sagan, you know, he was on the cusp of showing what he was, but he wasn't the, the point-of-game player he is now. And you could argue he's not... He wouldn't have been playing with guys like Jamie Ben, you know, and maybe he wouldn't be the point of game player now. So the trade worked out for him because he fits better in that locker room too. Just just like Cody Hodgson got traded to Buffalo, and guess what? He didn't perform right, but, well. Okay, but what, what we're arguing here is that getting rid of that piece, so when you get rid of a piece like a P.K. Subban or a Taylor Sagan, it's not the same thing as a Cody Hodgson. What you're, the, the hole you're leaving is bigger in the in the latter than the The purpose former. is the same, though. I don't see... The, the purpose is the same, but the hole you're leaving is bigger. So the what you're doing and what you're 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 leaving to for your team to fill the hole that you're leaving to fill. Yeah, but you're is getting a lot back. Bigger. You're getting back far more mortar and cement to fill that hole than you did with a Cody Hodgson trade. Look, Cody Hodgson, you get Zach Cassian, whatever. He didn't. Neither of those players have really panned out so far, as you can attest to being a head. That's fan. right. Yeah. It's Tyler Sagan. They did get Louis Erickson. I mean, they did get something to fill the hole. Whether you're going to agree that it completely filled the hole or not, that's up for debate. Louis Erickson had but a career season de- last year. But that's what we're debating. No, what we're, what, what we're debating isn't necessarily the hole. It's whether the GMs are in the wrong for doing it in the first place. And I don't think so. I think they have well, to do it. You can't uh, allow... Yeah, go ahead. You can't allow team unity to fray. You can't allow chemistry to go away. And you cannot allow... And I use this expression far too much because cancer is a pretty bad thing. But, you know, you can't allow cancer to spread. And you've got to excise it at the source. If you let that's it sit there right. and fester. And so then I, I completely agree with, with that completely vague, hyperbolic statement. It's not hyperbolic at all, man. That's just how We have to get rid of the cancer from and the In a way, that's the harshest business thing at all. If you don't change, you're out. Boom, that's it. That's the harshest business view of it all. You're not allowing someone Absolutely. to... Absolutely. I, I don't even disagree with that statement. I just disagree with the execution of that statement based so on... So what would you context. do? I will ask you this. Let, let, let's go with you. Let's say PK right. Subban and players... I don't know if players complain. I would assume a couple of them at least might have said he's not good to be around. I don't know. Well, let's just say the coach, obviously the coach didn't like him. Everyone goes after him and they say, listen, we don't want him here. What are you going to do? Well, first off, you should get rid of him right now. You get rid of the coach, first thing. First things first, because the coach hasn't been able to change the system to fit the players he has and to get the best out of his players. He was, so right, he was already we're kind of off the rails here because Benjamin believes in Terrien. For whatever reason, he thinks Terrien's right, the guy. You, you said that I was Terrien. Yeah, okay, well, let's, let's so say you're like, not going to fire the coach then. Let's say you're not because he's not going to fire the coach. You know, he, if he I'm did. not firing the coach? And how, how would you deal with the players then? Jeez, uh, well, okay, well, first off, you get rid of some of these third-line players. You get rid of David Dayan there because he's not, he's not performing up to snuff. You so you're going to ignore the guy who's possibly affecting team unity and just go yes, for like this. and you know why I, I don't get rid of him? Because what he adds is more than what he takes away. Because I gain more by keeping him than by losing him. If, by, if I get rid of P.K. Subban, I do not gain what he gave me. I can never gain that back. I am never in a net benefit by trading him away. Well, I will never I mean, be that. Evidently, Benjamin thought that the team yeah, well, will... By getting Weber, no? Sure. I know. I know you didn't think so, but Benjamin says he didn't just trade him because he thought, oh, well, you know, the team will be worse because we trade him and I want to make this team to be bad. He thought, and, you know, this is it, that 
the intangible effect of you know getting rid of that cancer and creating a better community and bringing someone who fits the team better would, would work out to make the team perform better. That's what he, that's what he felt, and I think that, I, that was fair. I, know. I think that's fair. Well, that, and that's ex- exactly where we disagree on whether yeah, you don't think that's fair, fair or not. I, I don't I don't care if it's fair or not. I think it's fair because it's business. He did what yeah. he felt he needed to do. Whether it's the right Justified. thing to do or not is, is is what's up for debate here. And and that's just it. It's based off the context. If if you're going to lose more than you're going to gain, then you're not doing your job right because you're not pushing the needle ahead for your team. But you keep ignoring the the tangible or intangible effect of making the locker room a better place, of making players happier to play there, making the chemistry better. You keep ignoring that, I feel like. No, I, just, I actually well, keep including that. What I'm saying here is that what he's adding or what he's taking away is this, well, we'll say he's a cancerous element in the locker room. Okay, fine, but I can't get rid of him. I, I just can't because he brings too much to the table on a hockey set. Uh, okay, well, let's build the locker room, not necessarily around him, but make it a more element or a, a better element for him and for the rest of us. You... you We'll say David Dale. I don't even know if it's him. We'll say it's him. You don't like it? Well, let's move you somewhere where you can get you can grow as a player, or and I can get something back for for you, and something that's going to fit nicely. Like you can't tell me that, that Dale Weiss performed terribly in Montreal. He was a great player. He got a lot. Oh, he was out. so like, and he was one of those like, if you call him P- Camp PK, he was on PK's side, and they got rid of him. To be fair, he was an FA or a UFA. Yeah, and did they, they even sign Dale Weiss again? Uh, I don't, I don't think so. He's even signed to a yeah. team right now. I don't believe so. So that must. I think to me that tells you that there was a problem with the PK side of things. I think that you know. Well, that's that's the thing. Yeah. And, and we're going to keep coming back to feel because that's what it is. They felt that there was a problem there. Yeah, and and I don't necessarily think that had... that's where the problem was because anecdotal evidence from not only this season but the seasons before that does not compute. It doesn't add up. Look, evidently to me, I just this is how I'm looking at it. Bergevin, and he, he must have looked this way because there's no way you're training P.K. Subban if you think otherwise. Bringing what... Bringing, so P.K. Subban leaves a hole, but then he thinks that, okay, the, getting rid of the, of the cancer and making everyone work better and then bringing in Weber, who fits the team better, more, at least fills that hole, if not more so. Because a GM's not going to do it otherwise. Can we at least both agree on that? A GM's not going to make a trade that that he, in his opinion makes the team worse. Now, whether you think he's doing it by feeling or not, it doesn't matter. He's done what he's had to do to make the productivity better. And sometimes that means you got to, it's hard choices, you know? If you have a, like, if you, if your top salesman is a total asshole to the rest of the sales crew and they just don't want to work, well, you're probably still going to get rid of him because overall you're going to raise the numbers be- better by getting rid Are of him. Are you? Are I, you I would though? think so. I would think so. I don't, I don't that, that's the thing right if you got a guy who's selling a million dollars worth of product and you got six of the guys who are selling $250,000 worth of product well this guy's already outselling them by 750000 how are you going to make up that gap on these people who can't you hire somebody hire a replacement and then right but again you know, you're not guaranteed you're giving away nope. something that you know to get something that you don't know right that's what you're yeah, doing here that's a, it's risk business is risk Mitch that's what you got to do well, business is risk but you got to manage that risk you can't just say like okay well I know I'm going to lose 750,000 how am I going to make that up the key oh, word is risk is, is managed there that's the key word and that's what these guys are doing they're managing it exactly. you can't just and sit there and something poorly totally disagree Mitch I think that they're managing it in the only way they can which is you can't just fire someone in the national hockey you got to trade them and well, that's, that's absolutely right you're absolutely right there and I don't disagree with you that you can't fire someone but you can absolutely trade them off it's just who do you trade off and what do you trade off and what do you get back in that trade how does it make your team better right obviously like you say Marc Bergevin feels like he made his team better 
Peter yep. Chiarelli feels like he made his team better. The anecdotal evidence, at least for I Chiarelli... I don't think Taylor Hall was traded because of a cancerous thing. I think he was just more traded because they wanted the defenseman, and they needed to pay. I think that that example... <sighs> just throw that out there. I, I, don't, I don't. That They wanted to do a culture change, right? So they I, thought yep. that, that he Offense was not a defense. good culture. No, no, that's oh, not yep. the culture change they were going for here. They well, needed to change the culture in the light. In the, in the well, you think room. you think Hall is a more of a negative influence than, Na- than Yakupov or RNH? Are you crazy? Well, he's Hall, not Hall is the same. most mature kid in the league right now. Have you not seen his interviews? The guy's a tank. Well, I just, uh, why, did, why would they get rid of him then? They got rid of him. That was purely hockey trade. That was purely hockey trade. They needed a right shot defenseman, and they that the Devils wanted Hall, and they said you were not going to take anyone else. That's it. That was that was trade. There wasn't because he was a. At least right. from what so I, I, I don't know the behind the scenes. I could be wrong, but from what I see, there's no personality thing there. Because if it was a personality issue, you get rid of a guy like RNA or Yakupov. They didn't. I think they, well, they, they, they will get to. rid of Yakupov. They they will because he's already asked for a trade request. There's no need to keep. Yeah, him. but no one's going to give you Larson for Yakupov. Come on now. Nope, that's fine. But who's who wants Larson to begin with? Are there the, no the other right hand? Uh, clearly, they wanted him for some reason. Yeah, because he's did. a right. He's, they feel like he's a right shot defenseman who's going to thrive there and who's going to change the team because he's young and, and you know he fits and he can replace Hall in the sense that he's young. That's what they felt. They just they basically switched the team from an offensive pros, uh, star to a defensive star. That's what they did. And the price. Well, was I, Larson. Is I don't think it's anything to do with personality in that trade. And that's why they I, said they needed to change the culture. You can't say they're going to change from a defensive yeah, culture, culture to an offensive is, culture. By getting rid of one number one overall pick and the best five on five player in the league, that's I, what they I, felt I, they needed to do. That's that's what they felt. Again, they felt like it, and that's just it, right? We're getting into feelings. There's no there's no concrete like no, this is the going rate in the market, and you underpaid because of your feelings. You, we, we can't compute that, but we can look at it objectively and say, like, critically looking at these trades, you haven't improved your team. You've actually moved them down a peg. You know what? I honestly, if you look at it on a one for one basis, yeah, I've bashed Edmonton saying you just traded the best player you have on your team for a guy yeah. who's may, who might be your best defenseman. That's right. Might. A hope and a prayer. Now, what I'm thinking though is if, if, and it's yeah. a big if, if he pans out and if he becomes the defenseman that everyone thinks he's going to be, that team's better. No, no doubt about it. It's harder to score on them. That team is way better. I don't know if, like, you've seen, you've seen all the clips of Edmonton. Their team was terrible defensively. If this guy is as good as the team feels, then he makes the team better, and that's what a GM has to do, and he did it. You're not going to... Everyone knew Edmonton needed to become better defensively, and yet they drafted a forward, which tells me that they knew they were going to trade for defense, and they did. And frankly, if he pans out to be what, as good as he was in you know, New Jersey, and even a bit better, because now he's going to get, I think, more time, then... He was a first-pairing defenseman in New Jersey. Yeah, but I think he's going to be playing more, is what I mean. In How? In your first-pairing defenseman? You're playing no, half playing more game. minutes. Playing more yeah, minutes. You're a first-pairing defenseman. You're playing half an hour a game. You're not going to yeah, play you're play even minutes. more at Edmonton. He's going to be probably on all the time because he's going to be the best defenseman. And I think he's going to be playing like Ryan Eric Suter. Carlson doesn't play more than 35 minutes a game. They play half. A, that's what first-pairing defensemen do. They play half an hour a game. He's going to get. He might get a minute. Maybe a minute more. But that's yeah, just that's because still more time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. I guess it's more time. But what what time is that? Is that just because he's caught on icings? Well, like, and he's I, I think it's ice? more because Edmonton's going to rely on him a lot more because I think after him, who's next? Andrew Ferentz? Is that the, is that the next defenseman? Clefbaum, Nurse, Ferentz. I don't I'm think sure Darnell like... Nurse is a defenseman, dude. Yeah, he absolutely is. I think Darnell Nurse is a centerman. No, he's, no I'm, he's thinking, I'm thinking of uh, Dreisaitl, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Dreisaitl is center. Nurse yeah. is a defenseman. Okay, well, he's still their best defenseman, and he's the right shot. I think he's going to be on all the power plays, probably, and he might even double shift the power plays. But all I'm saying is I think if Larson plays as good, if not better, 
than what he did in New Jersey. The team Edmonton's going to be part of the play. Sure. No doubt about that. But I didn't want to bring that one up necessarily in the discussion. I brought it up in the in in our in what I wrote simply because it's another f- show that Chirelli is sure is going to trade off these assets for you know hopes and a dream. But there's a lot of risk involved in that, and it already didn't work out for him in Boston. Hey, so, look, businesses target expanded the target went to Canada. You know, they went all in into Canada, and it was risky, but they, they thought if it panned out, it would do well. It didn't pan out, so you might think that's a bad example, but it's not. It's because, a terrible example. No, it's not, because guess what? For businesses to get ahead of each other, you got you got to take risks sometimes. And Yeah, you have to manage that risk. You have to insulate the risk, and you have to make sure that it is not going to cripple you, which it did to Target. It crippled their operations in Canada, and they lost money out of it. So that was a terrible risk, and this is the risk that they're taking again. You take a risk that isn't going to pan out. So, like, why, why take the risk? You've got to manage the risk to make sure that it affects your team adversely or less adversely than it less should. Than I was going to say adversely. Well, I think yeah. it's two You want to make sure that you completely derail your team and they just, like, jump off a cliff. You know, the lemmings. That's, that's the goal here. At the end of the day, all NHL teams are put on equal footing. You've got you to risk it, and you have to make sure your team's at the best possible chemistry level that it can be. And that's what Jim has to do. So there's nothing wrong with the moves they make. Whether you agree with the moves or not, it's still part of their job, and they're doing their job just fine. Yeah, they're managing. They're managing the rosters, whether you like it or not. Mitch, that's what. Oh, they're, they're I managing. know they're managing the rosters. I, I know they're doing that. I'm just not happy of the way they're doing it. Trading a player based solely on their personality is still managing the roster, though, and I think that's well, what you uh, need. again. You're you're looking into a definition that I don't disagree with. Yeah, okay. I just disagree with the execution of that of that definition. Well, speaking of execution, I think we've uh, run out of time here. But I do know for a fact, I'm pretty sure I slayed your argument here. But let the fans decide. Let the <laughs> readers. Slayed it. Uh, slayed it. All 58 of them. I think 58. Yes, that's correct. All 58, 58 of them. What? I don't understand that. That's how many likes we have on Facebook. Oh. <laughs> what are yeah. you talking about? Damn, Mitch. You're killing all of our fans? No, I said I'll let the fans decide, all 58 oh, of them. Oh, sorry, I was too busy trying to figure out what you were now, talking see, about. Now, see, if I was managing this podcast, I'd get rid of you. But unfortunately, okay. I'm not managing it, because technically you actually all right. paid for it. Well, so. John, call your mother. <sighs> I will. Hashtag slaying. Oh, my God. You can reach the guys on Facebook at facebook.com slash lineofoffense, on Twitter at TiloMitch or at TiloJohn, and by email at the line of offense at gmail.com.